KLVZ and KLVZ HD Brighton, KLVZ FM on 94.3 and 95.3 and streaming at legends953.com. Welcome to the Garden Wise Show with Colorado's most knowledgeable and entertaining garden experts, the Garden Wise Guys, Keith Funk and Jim Borland. Get ready for gardening tips that you can use right now. New plants, hot products, and the latest from horticultural science. The lines are open, so call into the Legend Studio now. 303-477-2473. 303-477-2473. On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys. And the Garden Wise Guys are back here on Legends Day 10, Jim Borland and Keith Funk. And before we go back to the caller we were just talking to, it's time for the Garden Wise Wise Advice. You don't need a parachute to go skydiving. You only need a parachute to go skydiving twice. Okay. I think I'm going to disagree with you. That's weird advice. Is <laughs> it <what> is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to Jim, who we were talking to before the break. So, Jim, um, we were talking about watering trees with one of those probes and, uh, you know, using a low pressure and not going more than six or eight inches deep because the water's going to find its way deeper. But if you put the water, you know, if you shove that thing down to the hilt, you're putting the water below the, the roots and water doesn't come back up to the surface. It just keeps going deeper. So, uh Try to keep it up near the surface, low pressure, every couple of feet, out at the spread of the branches or beyond, and you're going to be out there for hours. Uh, leave that probe in there uh, uh, each time for, what, about 20 minutes? I think 20 minutes is going to be too long. If you're going to move it about every two feet, I'd just a couple of minutes and then move it. Because it, my, my dirt, is, it's still, because uh, I went out and checked it the, uh, a couple days ago, two days ago, and it, 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 it's far from being frozen, so. Yeah, yeah. No, it wouldn't be frozen yet. And but, I mean, you're applying water in, into a fairly restricted area, uh, so leaving it 20 minutes, it's just going to bubble up uh, over the surface and, and run off. So, right. uh, you know, just you know, a couple of minutes worth of watering in a spot like that is about all the soil is going to be able to hold. And then just move on. And and do that until the ground freezes then, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then now, I should. what about doing shrubs that are like, uh, uh, oh, five, six feet in diameter? Yeah, do the same thing. It won't be, it won't be as, as many probes, and it won't, be, it won't take you quite as long. Okay. So I don't need to go very deep then. No. No, not really. Most most shrubs are pretty shallowly rooted. There are exceptions. Uh, once, okay, now but those trees once a week? Oh, this time of year, I think a really good watering should hold you for several weeks. Oh, okay. Because the leaves are going to fall off if they haven't already. No, it's still pretty full. Okay. <laughs> I'm what, sitting here looking at it. Once the leaves are gone, you know, if you can, if you can give the tree a watering once a month, if the ground isn't frozen... Um, that's a that's a gracious plenty. Okay, very good. And reference to the parachute, you don't need it until you're pretty close to the ground. That's true. 
Yeah, you just need it for landing. That's right. <laughs> Not for jumping. No. It's that sudden stop that will get you. Yeah. Oh, hey, that's that's really bad. Okay, very good. Uh, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. We appreciate your call, Jim. Thanks, Keith. Uh-huh. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. As far as watering with a probe, I've done that a couple of times. Man, that gets boring real fast. Well, yeah, it's not like you can stick it in the ground, go in the house for a while, come back out. You, I mean, no. You're, just, you're moving it every few minutes. I mean, you got to stand there and, you know, buy the probe, and you're looking around and think, God, i got to do that. I have to do that. Look, I could do that. I could do that. and But, no, I'm here with a stupid probe. <laughs> right. <laughs> so so the old the old frog guy out there comes in real handy. I, you set that yeah. up and walk away. Yeah. And, and you're timer. watering the entire area rather yeah. than just the pot spots that you're sticking the probe yeah, in. Set the timer for an hour or more, and uh, you're good. Mm-hmm. But low volume. Water slowly. Yeah. yeah. So it has a chance to soak in. Yep. And if you, if you notice that the water is running off into the street after 10 or 15 minutes, <laughs> yeah. move it. And then, come, and then cycle back around after it has a chance to soak in for a while. Yep. But that's about the most effective way I can think of, of watering not only trees, but shrubs and perennials and turf. That's what Mother Nature does. Right. She can't be all wrong. She's had a lot of practice. I guess. She knows and, what works best. And, and it works. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay, let's see. Who's up next? That's going to be uh, Melanie, it looks like, out in Denver. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well today. Thank Good. you. Good. What can we do for you today? Well, I just called because I was listening earlier and you didn't have any callers. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I would jump in with just um, words of appreciation for you guys. I've been listening to your show for more years than I care to mention. And um, it's always entertaining and always informative. And I especially want to thank you for answering one of my questions recently on um, Facebook Messenger. It was our pleasure. Absolutely. Appreciation is always appreciated. (laughs) And then I just wanted to follow up with another question. Go ahead. Um, So I asked you about uh, the time of year relocate plants from an existing garden and um, you you answered saying that I should do it sooner than later so that was a couple of weeks ago and I wasn't able to get to it um, but part of the problem is that outside of my house my house is contaminated with toxic mold and um, since then, I've been able to do a little research on whether that mold could have contaminated the plants in my garden, and I found out that, yes, it could have, um, and one in particular that lives in the soil, and it's very well known that grain product, um, plants can uptake it from the soil, and it causes a lot of illness, um, especially with uh, livestock problems. So my question to you is, since mold is um, in the fungi family, do you think or do you have any experience with possibly treating some of those plants with 
fungicide. Um, not if you're going to actually. Not if you're going to eat them. No, these are just ornamentals. Well, then I wouldn't worry about the mold at all unless you're going to eat them. Otherwise, you're not going to be ingesting the problem. Right. That, my concern is um, that the problem could harm someone who touches the plant or... No, that that isn't going to happen. No, no. I I don't know. I don't know which particular mold you might be talking about, but we do know that soil well, contains. In particular. I'm sorry. A fusarium, I believe. Oh, fusarium. Yeah, that that's, that's a very everywhere. That's a very common mold. You can't you can't grow plants in the ground without the roots contacting fusarium. Plus. Probably a hundred other species of molds as well, or fungi, fungi. Um, well, I suppose my particular concern is that I have become incredibly ill from mold exposure, including bacterium. And I'm concerned about anyone who may, like, touch the plant. No, getting getting sick from the molds and that sort of thing, it's usually from inhaling the spores and getting it into your lungs and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, And you can't avoid it outside. I mean, it, those mold spores are everywhere. It's just like bread mold. You, you give it the right environment, it, they're going to... They're very opportunistic. You give them the right environment, right. it's, it's going to happen. And fusarium mm -hmm. is outdoors everywhere. Right. And and not just mm -hmm. fusarium. There are many what they call races of fusarium. Right. Some of which affect only particular plants and not others. Right. So once it um, it passes through the root into the plant, your understanding is it's no longer harmful. No. No. Okay. It's mostly harmful to, the, can be harmful to the plant, but typically fusarium is only harmful to tiny, young seedlings. Okay. All right, so I was just concerned with someone who might be moving the plants for me that it could be harmful. Um, no, because you're not, in a, you're not in a contained environment like you would be in the house. Right. Okay. Well, thank you. That's good to know. So there's still hope for my garden. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't worry about it at all. Okay. Thank you so much. Sure You're thing. welcome. Thanks for calling. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Yeah, molds in the house can be a problem, and I suppose there are several species of it. I'm not sure I'd want to breathe the spores of any of them in, in large quantities. And when, they're, when they become toxic in the house, it's because you've got a massive amount of it. Yes. It Yes, in a confined space. In a confined space where, yeah, where yep. you're continually breathing that, that air. And if you don't correct what is causing the mold or the fungi to grow, they will continue forming new spores. So that's why you really have to take care of the, of the cause mm -hmm. and then get rid of the, what, whatever products had, had it on there to begin with. I noticed I've got some in my, in my orchid room. There's, there's something growing on the walls. 
Not surprised. I should, I should probably take care of that. You could probably just spray it with something. Yeah, it's just got it, whatever I use to spray it with has to be plant friendly. Or, yeah, or at least not produce any fumes that are going to be a problem. Because I've got several hundred orchids in there, I don't want them damaged. But then I don't want me damaged either. That's true. There's got to be. I don't know what it might be. There's got to be something out there. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Pressure washer would probably do it. Well, that would get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. But then I have all that water on the floor. Yeah, that's that's a problem. But it's just cement. I mean, just a a a light dilution of Clorox would do it. That stinks. It 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 does stink, and I suppose in a confined space like sort of like your growing area is that might be problematic. I that's what I'm worried about. That's why I haven't used bleach before. But there's got to be something out there. I just need to get busy. If I have to, just water in a scrub brush. I'm sure it would. Yeah, make it. I'm sure. Yeah. And it's it's an unfinished basement floor, so who cares? Yeah. If it gets water on it, I get water on it, it all the time. I've got algae growing on the floor for so, crying out loud. So it's growing on you say on the walls. On the walls, yeah. Hmm. I, my memory's not good. There's I, some really I, pretty ones too. There's <laughs> one that's purple. <laughs> I, thought, I thought your walls were covered with black plastic. No, I have one wall that's black plastic. The others are the other three walls are cement that have been uh, painted with a number of coats of something called Loctite, which yeah. is supposed to seal yeah. it so that yeah. it's not porous anymore. So it should be easy to clean. I, it would be easy to clean. I think they make a paint that works for fungus too. No oh, good. Is that kills all? Or no, that's that's for stains. No, that's for something else. Although it probably kills it too, but. Mm. Uh, yeah, check into that. I think there is some paint. Now, is it long-lasting? I, I don't know anything about that. There's a product called Fysan. Yeah, Fysan. I, yeah. I, I know it's plant-friendly, and it, it's supposed to work on those Yeah, I think things. you can make a spray of that and just spray it on. Mm-hmm. I think you'd be good. Yeah, well, spray it on and then, then rinse it off. Yeah. Get rid of it once it's ugly. starts to detach. All right. Have we beat that to death? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Good job. Let's see. Who's up next? What time is it? Where are we at? Eight what fourteen. Day is it? <laughs> it's I, um, what did six sixth day of the week. Okay, let's go out and talk to Breck in Broomfield. He's got a hydrangea question. Good morning, Breck. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Oh, just living the dream, man. How about yourself? <laughs> Good for you. Um, I appreciated the wise guy's advice on the parachute there. I mm-hmm, got mm-hmm. that. I salted that one away. Yeah, I, I wrote it down. You wise guys are incredible. <laughs> See, um, I was wondering if we could go through a few uh, spelling contests together. When I appreciated you guys earlier today talking about all the things uh, related to fall colors and uh, in that topic, mm-hmm. you mentioned a hummingbird trumpet. Yeah. And then you said, uh, you referred to it as, I wrote down here, Monardella. That'll do it. Yeah, Monard, M-O-N-A-R. Monard, M-A-R-D. Monardella, yeah. Monardella, okay, cool. Like Monarda with Ella at the end. Yeah, yeah, really. Uh, Okay. Almost. So then we went on and talked about Russ Sumac. Is that true? Yeah, Roos. R-U-S? Yeah, R-H-U-S, Roos. R-H, Roos. Yeah. Okay, cool. And some are and suckering uh, types and some are not. Right. 
Yeah. And then um, we were we were talking to the uh, gentleman about, and this word's hard for me to say, hydren- hydrangea? Hydrangea, uh-huh. Hydrangea, okay. And then from previous shows, I wrote down this hydrangea pin- pinata or pinvada? Paniculata. Paniculata. Like panicle, P-A-N, paniculata. Mm-hmm. P-A-N-A... No, P-A-N-I-C-U-L-A-T-A. U-L-A-T-A. Ooh, you're right. You get a gold star. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Jim, you must have done great in school, buddy. Well, we never we had spelling bee tested. I, we never had paniculata on it, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, in that case, uh, Keith, you're up because... Uh, we were talking about endless summer, and then we went into ferticulata. Is that what we did? Endless summer is a macrophylla. Macrophylla. M-A-C-R-O-P-H-Y-L-L-A. Okay. Macro means large, and phylla means leaves. Thank Lar- you, Jim. Large leaves. And hydrangea means water vessel, which will give you I an idea you. of how to take care of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I wanted you guys, if you wouldn't mind, just a few minutes to speak to, like, say I'm going into Gawa, and I'm all over what we talked about earlier. Let's just I'm saying hypothetically. We're talking about... Uh, hummingbird trumpet Mm -hmm. so i can march in there and grab one of those tagawa employees and say hey i really would like some of that there uh hummingbird trumpet yeah or am i am i better off going no i'd really like to have that monardella there you go monardella okay because there's other plants that are known as hummingbird trumpets when you get into common names sometimes you have more than one plant that has that common name that's what I thought. So the best way to be specific about what you're after is to use, uh, would you say this? it's called a scientific name? Yeah, or, or the Latin name. Yeah. Yes. Latin name? Okay, cool. Um, I re- was listening last week, and I was wondering, Keith, if you could extrapolate on this wonderful coffee tree. Uh, oh, the Kentucky? Brand. Yeah, the Kentucky, Kentucky uh-huh. coffee tree, yeah. Yeah, it's it's gained a lot of popularity over the last decade or so. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I find it's a fairly slow grower, mm-hmm. but it's a very durable tree. It adapts to our soils well. Large, tropical-looking leaves that are, you know, they're pinnate leaves, so they're cut up into smaller leaflets, um, but big ones. And... Uh, Espresso is a variety, a specific clone that does not produce pods. That was very attractive to me. That it did not, you know, it wasn't what we call a dirty tree, although I right. don't like to use that term because I love trees, but I, I'm not so uh, young enough that I'm out there and can devote the time to breaking up a bunch of pods. Right. How tall does that tree get, if I could ask, please? Um, in, in, it takes a long time. 
but it's it's a large yeah. tree. I mean, it's going to get up forty feet tall. I see. Okay. Not in my lifetime, but. <laughs> I recently had to cut down a wonderful black locust that really, really helped me in the backyard. But it got some kind of fungus, and it was at the end of its life anyway, so I had to cut it down. Uh-huh. But I'm interested in getting another locust for my property. Could you recommend one? Only one in my mind, and that would be honey locust. And you want to go with a podless variety there as well. And there are okay. several of them out there. There's one called Skyline. Yeah, podless and thornless. And thorn. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, podless and thornless. You yes. Said? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which they cool. pretty much all are thornless at this point. You know, nobody yeah. wants thorns. Yeah. Um, but there's one called Skyline. There's one called Moraine. Another, an old variety called Shade Master, which says it's podless, but I have my reservations about you that. You have your reservations about that. Yeah. Shade, Shade Master, you called it? Yeah, it's an, it's an old one. Uh, there are some newer ones out there that I think are probably better, like the Moraine or the Skyline, and probably okay. something I'm not even thinking of right now. Oh, there's one called Sunburst, which is kind of a neat one. Uh, mm. the, the new leaves come out just a bright bright yellow and then they change to green as they age so the tree looks like it's always in bloom is it a pretty clean variety yes yeah i don't think i've ever seen pods on a sunburst okay well uh gentlemen thank you i just love the show and um i would like to say i i was listening one time when you guys were switching over a while back to from your former station and had a fella call in and say, well, you know, guys, uh, you know we're out there listening. We just don't call in. Oh, we know that, yeah. But I would like to encourage all of my people to just buy the products you advertise on the show. If you don't want to call in, then just just buy the products. Buy Fertilome and uh, buy the um, Sharpen Your Shovel and be careful where you're you know all that stuff well we we always appreciate when you go into a garden center if you're going there and you're talking to anybody just tell them you listen to the show yeah it it helps our advertisers understand that people are listening that's what i want i i I really got you guys locked into 810 here on on the legends and i want you guys to stay there for a long time so you know we we can become even stronger friends sounds great thank you you we, bet. We appreciate you listening, Breck. <laughs> Tell all your friends. We'll see you then. Have a good weekend. Okay. We're going to take a break here pretty soon, but uh, we're talking about names. We have been, I guess, throughout the show with names of plants mm-hmm. and some of them, how they've changed and then been changed back to what they were originally. Uh, this thing we've, we've been talking about, probably more so than any other show ever, is Sumax. And the Latin name there is Rus, mm-hmm. R-H-U-S. Its former name... I always like. They should have kept this one. Schmaltzia. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Talk about a, a good Teutonic name. That there was a go. long time ago, I Schmaltzia. guess. Schmaltzia. <laughs> oh, he was talking about um, locusts. There's a locust that I grew up with in Kansas. You can't grow them here. They just won't survive. It's a honey locust, and it's called ruby lace. Yes. That's such a pretty thing. It, it the, the foliage comes out bright purple and then turns green with age. And I always thought that was a beautiful tree. 
not quite reliable. Not hardy no. here, no. no. Wish so. it was. Me too. Well, they get the breeders working on that. Yeah, I want a mimosa too. Yeah, I mean, you start to drink to, rather. You know, <laughs> <laughs> start now on your on your purple hardy locusts, and uh, I don't know, twenty, thirty, probably closer to forty years, you'll have one available. Have you ever seen globe locust here? I ha- no, not here. No, because that was another cool tree. Yeah, really prone to borers, though. Real prone. Yeah, so was the black locust. The guys yeah. that we just took out. Uh huh. We used to have lots of them in the city, black locust. Yeah. And I, I haven't checked in a couple of years, but I knew of a black locust just south of I-25 and Downing in that general area. Enormous tree. It had to be four feet across in diameter. Easily. Whoa, that is big for a black locust. And the entire front yard was nothing but suckers. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> I hope it's still there. They bloom so beautifully and they do. smell so good. And I, I look for it every year on the way home from, from, uh, from this show um, in that time of year to see if I can't find it and, and see if it's blooming. I mean, it stands that? out like a sore thumb. And what's that hairy-stemmed or hairy stemmed locust? Is that Hispanica? There is a Hispanica. And we have a, na- a native one. Rubinia neo-Mexicana. Neo-Mexicana, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, There's some along 6th Avenue, yeah, aren't there? Yes, that's not a big tree. It's a suckering tree, too. It is, too, yeah, but, but pink. and bloom. Looks like a wisteria tree when it blooms. Yeah. It'll be either white or pink or lavender or mm-hmm. closer to red, depending on the clone. But it's a vigorous sucker Yeah, it is. It grows natively down on the... Oh, not Kenosha Pass. What's the pass just before you, you go into New Mexico on I-25? Hmm. You got me. Well, it'll come to me. Um, oh, we have to take a break. Yeah, Did we, we do. No. Did we? No, we, we still need to take one. Okay, I'm losing track. We're going to take a break if uh, our break maker is ready. And he got me a thumbs up, so we're going to do that right now on Legends 810. Have you been waiting for that last application of fertilizer for the yard? Well, Fertilome has the solution for that. Fertilome Winterizer. Winterizer is the most important application of the entire year. Never skimp on this application. A number of years ago, Fertilome examined university studies of winterlizer formulas and created a special winterlizer for our area. This special formula is quickly and easily converted to stored food for your turf to help it make it through the unpredictable winter months. In the spring, a yard that has Fertilome winterlizer applied to it in the fall will be the fullest, darkest green yard on the block. You'll find Fertilome Winterlizer at your favorite independent garden retailer, including The Tree Farm in Longmont, Wilmore Nursery in Littleton, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora. To find the closest Fertilome dealer, go to www.fertilome.com. That's www.fertilome.com. And be sure to tell them that the Garden Wise Guys sent you. 
Is it just me, or has this been one of the nicest autumns we've seen in ages? This is Luann Aiken, Takawa's Garden Ambassador. Despite all of this lingering fall color, the time is coming to shift our focus to the holidays not so far away. So why not join us at Tagawa Gardens for Grandmother's House Holiday Boutique. This much-loved holiday market returns to Tagawa's this coming week, Thursday, November 4th through Saturday, November the 6th. We're expecting around 60 vendors, artisans, and craftspeople anxious to show and sell their unique and often one-of-a-kind creations. Admission to Grandmother's House is just $5. This special holiday market opens at 9.30, this coming Thursday, Friday, and Saturday only. And just so you know, it sounds like a certain jolly bearded gentleman will be visiting Grandmother's House on Saturday. Still to come at Tagawa's in November, an in-person wreath workshop, a Colorado art show and sale, a meet and greet with some lovely therapy and rescue animals, food and drink, and so much more. Check TagawaGardens.com for details of all of these activities. Remember, we are Tagawa's, your garden store, and so much more. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home, Saturday morning at 9.30. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix It Show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix It Show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends. And we are back taking your phone calls. Here's the phone number, 303-477-2473. A number of things to celebrate today, one of which is uh, on this date in 1938, Orson Welles did something. 1938? 1938. Was that War of the Worlds? It was. War of the Worlds was aired on CBS radio. That scared a lot of people. It certainly did. It was about a Martian invasion that uh, it actually panicked. Uh-huh. A lot of listeners. Yeah. I don't know what they did. What would you do? I Well, I wouldn't be scared. But I'd go out there with open arms. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about yourself. Where do you come from? <laughs> Good to have you. <laughs> I saw um, a cartoon about an Asian or uh, alien invasion where <laughs> they, they opened up the door and the first alien walked out and fell down the steps. And the others looked at each other and said, well, so much for uh, awe and inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I guess you had to be there. Well, we have a different gravity than they do. That's right. Yeah. The the Gerald Ford of aliens. I would would use the railing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we've got people on the line waiting to talk to us. Starting with Joe in Aurora. Good morning, Joe. Hey, good morning, guys. What's going on with your bad self today? You really need a laugh track button. Hey, hey, Joe. <laughs> we laugh a lot ourselves. We do. We laugh at ourselves all the you time. Were, you were dropping these great jokes, and it's just silence. You need. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like crickets in here. Hey, did you know today is National Candy Corn Day? Yeah, I did. I like candy corn. I do. A lot of people hate it. I, I like it. But more for us. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's, it's good for the first half dozen or so. And then, well, it, it, you know, like a lot of things, done. it gets old. But yeah, I haven't yeah. found that with calamari yet. I can't get enough of that. 
Try eating it with candy corn. Yeah, <laughs> candied calamari. That sounds oh. nasty. Just try it. Yeah. yeah. So what's going on with you, Joe? Well, hey, I I, I just have to backtrack a, a second on a couple of your call or one of your calls, just one in particular, and it, it just reminded me of seeing the ad where the guy has the class uh, to keep people from becoming their parents. I love those and ads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love those ads. And I'm thinking, was it Jim that had the water probe? Yeah. And yeah, you guys, you you just need to take the reins and use the the wise guy's power and forbid him from using it. <laughs> Tell him we to can take, kill. take his probe and put it with <laughs> the dethatching blade for the mower. Yeah. And just and and you can go look at him. But don't use it. Yeah, the problem I have with that commercial was I don't see anything wrong with what the people are doing. <laughs> Especially the gal that packed a whole bag full of snacks for the plane. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> or printed a paper ticket. <laughs> I'm there. I, I like. I like the guy that was just being coy. They're they're coy fish. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. What time? Yeah. Do, what time do we seat? <laughs> Anyhow. I've, I've got questions, um, and I missed you guys last week because I called in at like five till nine. You should know better, too. Joe. I know. I just I get sleepy, and <laughs> then I don't get up. Hey, I've I've got some prairie drop seed seeds. What is it? Sprobulus. Yes. Uh huh. Can you spell that? S P O R O B. What else do you need? L I S. L I S. SPP period. Now LUS. <laughs> Fine, you win the spelling bee. Go ahead. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. You need a dinger and a laugh track. I think so. And, I, and I've got some aster seeds. And um, the, the aster seeds are, are not a native type seed. The, the prairie drop seed is. And I'm wondering when I need to start those plants for spring planting. Should I start the prairie drop seed now and let it sit outside in its big long pots? N- <clears throat> no, I think that plant or that yeah that grass will come up with a little bit of warmth and moisture. Yeah. Okay. Which, so you're saying wait until and, spring? Yeah, I'd wait until spring. And pot it in just uh, a, a potting, potting soil. Potting soil. Yes. Okay. And I've got the real deep pots that look like popsicles. Okay. Um, that uh, cost a million dollars, and then they're sitting in my garage, and I haven't used them. Okay. How? how what's the what diameter? What's the diameter of those pots? Uh, they're probably two inches. Inch and three quarter across the top, and then like six inches deep. They're the yellow ones from Stewie and Sons. Oh, still, yeah, okay. I'm familiar with those. Yes, you can grow. I grow almost everything in those. Uh, that's you going were the out. One that I, I saw them with. Okay, so. I, anything that goes out in my front yard gets grown in those. Do you have one thing you have to be aware of, Joe? They're hard to water. The pots or the seeds. The the. <laughs> This, 
the pots with the growing plant in it, and and even with this, if you're going to put seeds <laughs> in there. Use a, can I use a probe? <laughs> no. <laughs> and the reason they're hard to water is that the di- the diameter is not two inches; it's actually smaller than that. And w- when you water them, they the you fill up that little spot on the top of the tube lane very quickly. And that amount oh, of water gotcha. is not enough to get to the bottom. So you have to go back All over and water them several times to ensure that the entire pot is watered. And the other problem gotcha. with those pots, in my opinion, my humble opinion, <laughs> they're a pain in the butt to get the plants out of. All right, here's what you do to get the plants out. You take those the tubelings, which is a probably a proper name for them, and you take the tubelings and you put them into a bucket of water and let them soak completely. Okay. They won't come out if they're dry, but they ha- they will come out if they're well moistened. And then they fall Interesting. apart. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> and then they break. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm oh. hoping it'll just be filled with, with masses of roots. Well, yeah. If, if you grow very well, uh, they will fi- they'll be filled up with... Of course, it depends on the plant, too. A lot of plants don't put roots on that are going to fill up those pots. That's just the nature of the beast. The, how about the drop seed? Uh, most grasses are going to fill those pots up completely. And push themselves right yeah. out the top. Okay. Yeah, they can do that, too. And how about the asters? Would uh, they do well in those pots? Uh, yeah, they should do well. And I would wait until spring to plant those, too. I don't think any of them need any special treatment. Both of them? Okay. Yeah. They don't need stratification? Or, I, or I don't think so. Stuff. Do you know which aster it is? Uh, it's the smooth aster. It's one that gets like three, four feet tall. Okay. And if you have the Latin name of it, I would put the Latin name in a search box on your computer and just put mm-hmm. down the Latin name and then put germination and see what comes up. Okay. Because other okay. people have done this gotcha. and they will have reported. Okay. I, I don't remember all the thousands of species out there and what is required. And anything you read will right. be accurate. Yes, of course. <laughs> and I would pay attention to the source. And and uh, the ones I would believe are those that are put out by the Forest Service or any of the uh, any of the federal government people or university. They, the they will have done actual research. Uh, how about the, the company selling the plant seed? That would be second on my list. Flip a coin, yeah. But pretty much any information on the Internet is, is going to be valid. Oh, yeah. It's always accurate. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with a couple other questions real quick. Um, Keith, I've got uh, a few orchids, and I've got scale on them. Ew. What a, yeah. You have to use a systemic. Makes me don't, don't fall. Don't fall for the remedies on the internet that say oh use a cotton swab and some alcohol the q-tip and the alcohol yeah yeah don't fall for that that is a total waste of time uh, go okay. with the systemic uh, i usually go with a foliar applied systemic rather oh. than one that goes into this into the potting mix because you know you know what orchid roots look like there's just not that many of them so it's not going to pick up that much systemic in the soil in the potting mix um, okay. Right, so right. apply it to the foliage, top and bottom, and and the stems. The, if you've got cattleyas or anything with a pseudo bulb, make sure those pseudo bulbs are soaked well. Okay. 
and, and figure you're going to have to make at least three applications. And, and is that a scary insecticide? I need to take it outside to apply it? Actually, no. The one I use is the um, Bayer Rosenflower. Oh, really? Yeah. On the orchids? I use it on the Just orchids. Don't let them see the label. <laughs> it works it works very very well there's another one um safari works as well too but it's pretty expensive and i i find that the bear one if you're persistent and and you know commit to three applications they'll say i think on the label 30 days apart i go two weeks apart yeah okay okay and just yeah, no, soak them i've been doing the the alcohol and the uh q-tips so that, I can be persistent. Yeah, that'll kill the ones that you can see. All you need to do is leave one alive, yep. and you're sunk. And they'll be down in the crevices of the leaf and stem and all over the place. And and just, yeah. yeah see. Now you're making me itch again. Yep. And, and then, uh, final question. Um, I've got some green ash that are dying for whatever reason. I think it's for the uh, from the drought the last couple of years, and it's at a rental property, so they're not getting watered the way they should have. Yep. Um, replacements. If I can get the city of Aurora to allow me to replace their beautiful tree. Um, I'm, I'm thinking, you were talking about uh, uh, locust trees, and locusts are fine, but they're everywhere, and I'm afraid they're going to fall yeah. prey to something yeah. similar to the green ash. I would look um, at oaks. Catalpa. Oaks? Yeah? Okay. Yeah, scarlet. a bunch of oaks. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. a bunch of them. There's scarlet oak. There's okay. red oak. There's um, swamp white oak. Yeah. Um, uh, what's New Limburgia, okay what's here? that one? Chinkapin oak. Okay. Okay. And black oak. I saw one of those on? posted. Hmm? Or blackjack oak. Catalpas? Yeah. Catalpas? I grew I, up with Catalpas. Yeah, they're, and, they're uh, fine. I, I see yeah. them nowhere. They like water. Yeah, they're a water tree. There's one of those trees that you normally will see in their native habitat, or at least back east, growing along rivers, streams, ponds, lakes, that sort of thing. Gotcha. And here's another recommendation I will make for you in Aurora. I'll bet you Aurora has a list on their website someplace about recommended trees. And I think those people are savvy enough by now to not recommend any ash trees, probably not recommend any oh dear walnut trees and a bunch of other things that are succumbing to uh, beetles okay. or fungus or something and good for you noticing okay. that locusts are everywhere and i'd recommend that to anybody before you plant a new tree in your yard look around the neighborhood see what there's too many of and don't plant that yeah and don't plant that one yeah plant, plant something that's yeah there. don't look at it and say oh that's pretty i want one too Yes, that well, is pretty. That. I'm going to plant something different. Yeah, yeah. Diversity How about Linden? is Linden. Uh, that's if you've got Japanese beetle in your area, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> Speaking of which, the little leaf Lindens okay. were spectacular yeah, no, this year. No fall color in my area. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've conquered them. You've conquered them. I oh. forbid them. Oh, yeah, I forbid right. them. I told them I wasn't going to put up with them. You put up signs, <laughs> did you? That's right. Yeah. So um, oh, don't don't uh, don't discount uh, hackberry either. Oh, good tree. That's a good tree. 
But they're small, right? No. No, no it's a big one. No? It'll be a big shade really? tree. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing spectacular about it. You don't get great fall color. You don't get pretty flowers, but you do get a sturdy, disease-resistant tree that's a fairly fast grower. And warty bark. Yes. And pretty. And, and, and pimply leaves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they get that nipple disease or whatever. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. Yes. yes. Yeah. But the tree doesn't know it's that they have it. They, there's no reason no, to treat no. for it. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. What's the what's the locust that's kind of a weedy? Uh, uh, a neighbor of mine has locusts that are uh, he's growing them as a hedge, and they're covered with flowers in the spring. That's a black locust, thorny. Yeah, is it okay? Okay, are those hard to control? Control uh, probably no worse than aspen, suckering all over the place. Except aspen aren't thorny. Better Better than chokecherry? Ew. Uh, chokecherry will <laughs> sucker all over the place, too. Yeah. That's a bad yeah. one. Except that new variety, um, sucker, sucker punch. punch. That's not supposed to sucker. I put one in my yard. Uh, well, I'll report on that in a few years. Okay. Okay. Yeah, let us know. I'm not going to plant any chokecherry. Okay. Thank you, guys. You I've, bet. I've, thanks, thanks for calling. Went on too long. Thank you. Uh-huh. Have a good weekend. Bye-bye. And because you went on too long, Joe, pay attention. We're going to take a break, and we're going to recover here, right here on Legends 810. Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden on West Bulls Avenue in Littleton is the place to be to get ready for the season. You'll find everything you need for this time of year, whether it be pumpkins, gourds, corn stalks, straw bales, tree wrap, rose collars, and winterizer for your lawn. The pumpkins you find at Jared's are great, not the cookie cutter kind you find at the supermarkets or box stores. They are locally grown and quite varied in size, shape, and color. Some even have warts. There are carving pumpkins, pie pumpkins, wee and jackby little pumpkins, plus colored or Cinderella pumpkins. Of course, there is a nice selection of locally grown mums and pansies for live fall color. Jared's is located at 10500 West Bulls Avenue in Littleton, open 9 to 6 weekdays and 9 to 5 weekends. Bring the kids or grandkids and let them enjoy Jared's Galleria of Ghouls, Maze, and Corn Pit. There is no charge for these activities, and kids love them. Visit them online at jaredsgarden.com. Call into the Fix It Show with your questions about your home, Saturday morning at 930. Specializing in heating and cooling problems, legendary hosts Deborah and Adam bring decades of experience and award-winning expertise to their live, interactive Fix-It show. Helping your home weather Colorado's unique climate and temperature swings. You have questions, they have answers. Call into the Fix-It show every Saturday morning from 9.30 to 10.30 on Legends. Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden on West Bulls Avenue in Littleton is the place to be to get ready for the season. You'll find everything you need for this time of year, whether it be pumpkins, gourds, corn stalks, straw bales, tree wrap, rose collars, and winterizer for your lawn. The pumpkins you find at Jared's are great, not the cookie-cutter kind you find at the supermarkets or box stores. They are locally grown and quite varied in size, shape, and color. Some even have warts. 
There are carving pumpkins, pie pumpkins, wee and jackby little pumpkins, plus colored or Cinderella pumpkins. Of course, there is a nice selection of locally grown mums and pansies for live fall color. Jared's is located at 10500 West Bulls Avenue in Littleton, open 9 to 6 weekdays and 9 to 5 weekends. Bring the kids or grandkids and let them enjoy Jared's Galleria of Ghouls, Maze, and Corn Pit. There is no charge for these activities, and kids love them. Visit them online at jaredsgarden.com. Hey, we're back. We're taking phone calls. Also reporting on snow levels for the state. State is at 296 of average for this time of year, which is good. South Platte, that's where we are. Uh, 165%, which is down, by the way, from 193%. Um, Arkansas Valley River is uh, 341% of normal. And then the Gunnison tops out at 831% of normal. That, too, is down. By that the won't way. last. Well, uh, you never know. <laughs> we might have glaciers forming now. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, let's get back out to the phones. We've got Betsy out of Jared's waiting to talk to us. Good okay. morning, Betsy. Good morning, gentlemen. How's How? everyone this morning? Just dandy. What's going on with you? Well, I, I, my double commercial just played twice, so I, I don't know. really have much to add. <laughs> yeah, I, we, we couldn't figure out why that was happening, but hey. Oh, who knows? You know, they do Bonus. it on TV all the time because you kind of don't listen to the first one, and then it comes back, and then you're really listening. <laughs> uh-huh. or <laughs> hey, you, didn't or, I just hear that? Yeah, or you switch channels and find exactly the same commercial. Yeah. Yeah, that's always, I swear, who says it's not a conspiracy? Yeah. The only thing I would like to add to our to our ad that just ran is that we still do have pansies, but our mums are pretty much gone. Okay. Um, you know, because we've had such a beautiful long fall that everything didn't get, you know, toasted by a frost. Mm-hmm. So they've just been really awesome, and so we still... Um, you know, just have the pansies pretty much now. And they're, you know, of course, our winter pansies, so they should be excellent from now until the snow covers them. Hopefully it will. Yeah, and you might as well. I will tell you, my pansies that I've been growing at my house since April Mm -hmm. are still blooming, and they've gone down to 16 degrees. Well, that's excellent. And that's cold. In a pot. (laughs) For God's sake. Yeah, it's been really crazy. (laughs) Yeah, the only thing I'd like to add, though, to the ad, because Juanita didn't have a chance to, you know, re- rehab our ad, is um, today and tomorrow our Halloween decor is going to be um, 50, uh, excuse me, 50% off, 50% off, and it includes some of the things for Day of the Dead and um, All Souls Day, which is still, you know, a holiday or a remembrance for many for many people. Mm-hmm. So that's starting this morning at, at 9 o'clock. But we still have a decent pumpkin patch. You know, we, we've seen lots of families, and unlike when I was a child, we only got one pumpkin for my brother and I. Yeah, yeah. It's like everyone has, the whole, fa- whole family has to have a pumpkin. So it's been really, you know, fun to see, you know, big, medium, small, mom, dad, little kid, baby, you know, <laughs> little pumpkins. <laughs> yeah. But that's been fun. But I'm sorry I missed you guys. Um, two weeks ago, I was traveling, and um, one of my stops, you'll, you'll find this interesting, maybe not, but being plant nerds, you could probably understand why they caught my attention. But um, I went to the Missouri Botanical Garden, and I had not been there for probably 20 years. Uh-huh. 
And because they also had been warm up until like the week before, and they still haven't had a frost, you know, back in Indiana, Ohio, that area, nothing has really changed color except maybe hints of color on the maple trees. But they had azaleas and St. John's wort blooming. (laughs) Oh, really? And last Monday, I was in Omaha, and the irises were blooming. Yeah, there are some repeat bloomer uh, on the bearded iris. There are some fall bloomers as well that will bloom in the spring, and then if the season is long enough, they'll throw another one in the fall. Yeah, yeah, and that that I found that I, is what I kind of figured, but I was not expecting the rhododendrons no. starting to open. <laughs> and even and even if you're expecting the iris, it still looks out of place. Oh yeah, I thought they were cannas. Oh, and I had to rack, you know walk up to them and like, oh my gosh, those are irises. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, <laughs> tell kind of wild. Tell everybody where you're located. We are at ten five hundred West Bowles Avenue which is between Kipling and Sims on Bowles. And um, we're there from 9 to 5 both days this weekend. Excellent. Well, get out there and get some Halloween stuff at 50% off. Yes, all sorts of scary stuff. Yeah, thanks, Jared, guys. Jared's Garden Center. Thanks for calling, Betsy. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay, let's get right back out to the phones and see what Rick is up to out in Centennial. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, um, I have a couple of questions. A while back, I called in about mullen. Uh-huh. I have some mullen growing in our front yard. I'd never seen this plant before. And you gave me some information. Of course, I've completely forgotten what you said. Um, the spikes are like seven feet tall. And, uh, of course, I'm short, so everything looks seven feet tall to me. <laughs> but uh, but uh, these are annuals. Is that right? They're actually biennials. Biennials. Yes. So la- the- last year you had that rosette of furry leaves at the base, and this year you got the spike of flowers. Okay. And so, soon you'll have a bazillion seeds. <laughs> I know. I saw that. They had the black seeds look like dust. Yes. Jeez. And um, so the ones that I had this year with the spikes, those are gone. Ye- yes. Okay. But I know that with the seeds, they'll be coming back. Um, what will happen next spring? Well, next spring, those, get... those seeds will germinate, and you'll get those rosettes on the ground, probably perhaps as many as a 1,000. Okay. But the rosettes won't grow the spikes until next year. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the year following after. year, yes. Okay. Okay. Just kind of wanted to know what I'm going to be up against. And then there was... Um, a few, I see a few rosettes right now that were there this summer, but they hadn't spiked. So that means maybe next summer they'll yeah, spike? Yes, next summer. Okay, all right. <clears throat> I, re- I really like them. They're growing up behind my uh, Russian sage, and I think they look kind of cool. But Okay, need to know what they're. And then uh, this year I had an invasion of crabgrass. My fault. I didn't do anything about them. And... Um, I guess I need to put down a uh, weed or a seed preventer. Yeah, a pre-emergent. Pre-emergent. Okay, and when do I put that down? Uh, We're thinking probably the first part of uh, April. Okay. Although it wouldn't be too far out to say uh, sometime in mid-March. Okay. And then 
I think Michael called in about a pre-emergent for Spurge. Do Same. I read? Do I redo that in the like in June or something? Well, for if you're just going for crabgrass, usually the one application is enough. Okay, okay, that's what I want to know. So April to March, and then that's it. Okay, good. All right. Oh, and also, real quickly, I just thought of Columbine. I have an area in my yard that has it's just kind of blank, and I thought I'd plant some Columbine. Okay. Uh, any special care for that? Um, I mean, do I have to really water it hard? or? Uh, are you planting from seed or from transplants? Um, I'm, well, maybe, maybe transplants. I think I'd wait until spring to plant okay. them at this point. Yes. Okay. All right. And then this mullein does not need water. Is that right? Yeah, it'll, it'll do on its own, it, yeah. It'll do on, okay, great. The, the more water you give it, the bigger it gets. Oh, good. Well, maybe, okay. All right, well, that's good to know, too. Okay, that's all I needed. All right, thanks for your call this morning, Rick. Thanks. Oh, oh, another thing, real quickly. Do you have a show on Sunday afternoon? Sunday evening. Sunday at, evening. At 6 o'clock. It's, it's, okay. it's this show that's just being rebroadcast, so okay. it's recorded. Okay, great. All right. I'm done. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks, Rick. Mm, all right, bye. So and yeah, I think that's a good thing to mention is that uh, uh, you know we're on we're on the AM station today. We're also on the FM station ninety five point three today at the same time, and then on Sunday on both stations, today's show is rebroadcast from six o'clock to eight o'clock tomorrow evening. That's right. And if you lose track of that, you can go to our Facebook page, and there'll be a notation of how to get to uh, a podcast. That you can listen to anytime you want. That's exactly right. On podbean.com. And having said that, I want to thank everybody for listening and participating in the show. And uh, as always, keep your shovel sharp. Be careful where you dibble. And uh, if you didn't get all your questions answered this week, save them up, bring them back to us. And after we're done celebrating Haunted Refrigerator Night tonight, whatever that means, I don't know. So we'll be back next week answering those questions on the very same station you listened to this morning, Legends 810. The preceding program is sponsored by JK Communications.